0: I'm Dean Blandino, and you're listening to Scoop FM. Hello and welcome. To Scoop FM, the official podcast of Dynasty League, the only league that counts. This week, this is a Scoop FM special report because not only is this one of the biggest weeks, I think it's the biggest week I can ever recall in in NFL history. I mean, in terms of just different things happening in one week. Biggest that I can ever recall. Um, So there's all that, but there's even more. There's even more. A game in our league happened last week. That I bet you didn't even pay that much attention to. But if you looked, something happened. Something controversial happened, which has sent shockwaves throughout the league. The ripple effects of this are going to last into the playoffs, even into the championship. It's, it, it, it's, it's a massive, massive story. But we'll get into it when we get into the m- matches from last week let's start with some of the news from around the league. The Steelers beat the Browns, which felt incredible, despite my dad calling me and saying that the uh, Boswell fake uh, field goal was the dumbest play he had ever seen in 50 years of watching the Steelers. Um, And I I mean, that's a little dramatic, but yeah, I agree that sucked. Uh, But wow, a a very, very fun win for for us Steelers fans. Not great for the, the Browns. I know that Everyone gave Baker a lot of shit, and they're like, oh man, he does not look good. Now, I thought actually he looked better than he had in multiple weeks this year, Uh, but the receivers were just, I mean, like Odell and Jarvis were not making anything happen for him. The Steelers came out pretty early on and continued to show just incredible, incredible run defense on the defensive line. I mean, you know, Cam Hayward is just an absolute beast. Even, like, we need to it back to really make it just, the, maybe the best D-line in the league, but is an incredible unit, incredible. And TJ Watt, I mean, what more can you say? So anyways, um, really good stuff there. But then, uh, and you know, I'm ribbing all the Browns fans, giving them shit about Odell missing another pass, and you know, I never liked Odell even before he was on the Browns. And then turns out, he's a real sourpuss. His uh, his old man gets on IG and is, is uh, shaming Baker Mayfield and saying, hey look, my son's open, he didn't throw him the ball. He gets to the facility, and Stefanski says, "Uh, yeah, no thanks. Tells the team, "Uh, yeah, Odell's not here anymore. It must be trying to trade him. I guess no one wanted anything for Odell. I mean, even in our league, Odell could have gone for a second or a third, but I think the problem is he's a big salary. With COVID, almost everyone's capped out. And so unless the Browns were going to eat the whole salary, I don't think people could do anything. And I think, maybe foolishly, the Browns front office said, well, we're not going to trade him and pay his salary. Uh, if, if it was going to come to this, I think that would be the better alternative. I mean, he's not with the team. I don't know what's going on. It's insane. And then other, you know, other movement, Deshaun Watson does not move. So Devin tried to see, tried to get some nibbles a couple times, see if anyone would bite. I think it was too much risk for anyone to take off, right? It's, it's going to be a point where, I mean, he's a guy that's not going to play like, if a contender can't give you a second, because there was no guarantee you would help them win this year, right? And even if you're rebuilding, well, those picks are valuable to you. W- when is he going to come back? And and Devin's probably not going to... If, if Devin looks and says, my best offer is a second, he's just going to wait, right? He might as well take the risk. It's one of those situations where you're never going to find a good, good, uh, fair deal that both sides would take, right? The, the potential risk another team would be taking on... Um, is so great that the offer they would make is way lower than the upside Devin has by just keeping him at this point, right? He already spent a ton of picks to get him. Uh, but a couple other guys do move. The rich get richer, uh, and Vaughn Miller goes out to L.A., which, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. I mean, I mean that that's going to be a fun defense to watch. It's just going to be cool to have those three guys there. Uh, but, I mean, at this point, you're not picking until round five next year. And if you keep this whole team together, that's pretty good. You know, the O-line's getting a little fuzzy. I think, I don't understand why they took Tutu Atwell. I didn't get it at the time. It was their first pick and didn't make any sense to me. It was like, you already have a ton of weapons. I don't really get this. He's out for the year now. I think I said something that said he played 15 offensive snaps, played almost everything on special teams. I still won't understand that. He was 145 pounds. But regardless, um, you know, outside of like getting a little old on the offensive line, pretty much all the pieces are there. So I guess you don't care. But at this point, you don't get a Super Bowl. I don't even know if getting there is enough. You kind of have to win it to make it really worth it. I mean, the Bucks are all the way there, and they have not had to spend this much, right? I mean, they, they basically grew that entire team and then got Brady in free agency, right? I mean, every, everyone else is, is you know, a lot of their top, top pieces are homegrown, and a few are just guys that they brought in on, on reasonable uh, free agent deals. So that's kind of crazy to me. Um, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry out for maybe not the whole year, but... Basically till the playoffs. Now, this is this brings up an important and and an interesting ethical discussion or a psychological discussion. Is it better to have players that you love from your favorite teams on your dynasty league team or just avoid them altogether? Because the way I look at it, you know, um well, you know, take 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 Matt and I, for example. We both have potentially the best quarterbacks, and and Bob too. All three of us maybe have an argument that we have the best quarterback in our favorite team's division that is not not our quarterback, right? Me with Lamar, uh, Bob with Burrow, and Matt with Josh Allen. So... I mean, that's kind of a weird thing, right? To root for them every week. But it's like, I don't really care if he wins a game. You know, I mean, I I don't want him to win games. You know, more times I'm rooting that he's getting fucking blown out. So he's got to run like crazy in the fourth quarter to even try to catch up. I don't really care if he loses, though. I mean, I, I like when he loses. I just want him to give me enough points where I can survive and advance in this league. Now, say I was a Ravens fan oh man, a, a big week from Lamar getting me a dub in Dynasty, a dub in real life, the, I'd be over the moon. That additional, you know, when, when Lamar goes off, gives me a win in Dynasty, I feel pretty good. When Ben has a good week, when the Steelers are looking right, they win a game, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, if, if, I, if I had the potential to combine those two things, my team and my Dynasty team winning in the same week, yeah, I'd feel happy. But the pain that I feel from losing a tight Dynasty matchup when Lamar puts up a stinker or the utter despair I feel when the Steelers drop one to the Bengals. Combining those two is more sad than my double happy. And so that's kind of why I'm glad I I don't have that situation, right? That emotional anchor. You know, I, I, I was offered... Najee a couple times from Nicky he gave me a fair deal that I should have taken at the start of the season but it was this same principle where the O-line looked awful he was getting met in the backfield and I'm like oh shit can I really like I mean if this is a train wreck pick for the Steelers and we fucking ruin this great great talent um I mean do I really want to hitch my anchor to that like that that's a poor showing of faith on my part right because now Najee's a stud And the O-line's figuring it out. You love to see it. But had it gone wrong? Oh, not even double the pain, triple, quadruple. I I couldn't live with myself. So now we get to Drew. Now, Drew, in terms of the fan, you got to be devastated. But this is kind of good. Like, let's see. Like, is Tannehill able? Because, you know, a quarterback will outlast a running back. That's not controversial to say. If they can both, you know, if they can stay competing and they can stay healthy. But most of the time, that you know, that's the case. What it? What are the tan? What are the Titans without Derrick Henry someday? Because theoretically, Tannehill would still be of an age where he could play. I think this is nice to see what the offense can put together when they don't have the best running back in the league. So obviously, you don't ever want anybody to get hurt. You don't want him to get hurt. But it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what you have in Tannehill when you isolate him there. Um, you know, and and see. Okay, more focus on Tannehill. More focus on AJ Brown. Stress test this offense a bit. And then the plus side is, you won that game with the Colts. That's great. In in Indianapolis, I think. So that's awesome. you you got a game up on them. And then, I mean, you know that Jacksonville and Houston are just not competing. They're, they're two of the top three of the worst teams in the league. They're not going to compete. You can continue to beat up on them without Henry. I mean, so your chance of missing the playoffs... Even losing Derrick Henry is very low, just because you're in a shit division. You're in the worst division this year by record. It's not even close. So you're, go- you're good. Now, how high are you going to be seated? I don't know. I mean, you bake in, I can't remember how many times they played the Texans and the and the Jags, but you bake in three or four more wins. Have they played them at all? Is it four of four more wins? Uh, ah, I mean, like, four more wins, you're already at five. Yeah, I mean, you're probably going to be a top three seed, too. You're going to get some home field advantage. You might not get the buy. I think the Bills will probably end up with the buy. There's only one buy now. But if you got number two, you'd have home field every week until the AFC Championship if it featured the Bills. So I think they're okay as a team. Now, in terms of Drew's team, yeah, losing losing Henry is, is not great. I went back, actually, and, and listened to what I said when Drew made all those trades because I was curious. And I wanted to hear, okay, what were my thoughts on the time? Um, and I had mentioned to like, I mentioned, you know, I I don't want to relitigate the whole thing, but yeah, I was like, Eckler, uh, I never really believed in him. I don't know about trading for him, but I like David Montgomery enough a lot or or enough to, to, you know, for what he gave up and now looking at it, that's been totally wrong. Montgomery has been injured basically since he went on his roster. Um, Austin Eckler has been, has been going off. So totally the opposite. But I look at the team, and I say, okay, so he gets David Montgomery back. I think in a couple weeks, I think they they play us, and then they have a bye, or maybe the week after. Is it week nine? It's week eight. Yep, so I think uh, week nine's coming up. Then they have a bye week 10. I think he'll be back week 11. So you have two more matchups before he's back. You have Austin Eckler, and you've got, you know, you've got, like, Devonta Booker. You've got Ronald Jones, who knows, Miles Gaskin. Like, you have, like, a little bit there. But when you think about it, um, Nick didn't have that many running backs when he won the championship last year. He didn't. You know, he had a... Uh, I mean, I think he had, what, James Robinson was his number one guy. I don't even know who the other one was. Um, but anyways, I think this is actually a salvageable year, right? I mean, the real question is the quarterbacks, which I've been harping on Drew for a while that he's had to improve that spot because Darnold is... I don't know if he's benched or hurt. I don't know what's going on. Bridgewater's turned back into a pumpkin. Now Jimmy G actually had a good week, which was pretty cool. And um, the, you know, if if he can hold off Trey Lance, that can stay on track. But that problem was there with or without Derrick Henry, right? The only thing is, is that now it's just like, ugh, can you really win it all without Henry? I don't know if you can win it all. And this is almost in a way where I was last year, where you can say I didn't lose anybody for most of the year as significant as Henry, but we'll basically say I basically lost Zeke, right? Maybe even worse because I still felt like playing him even though he stunk. The whole uh, the whole Cowboys offense stunk. Now I had Godwin and Galladay, my two top receivers consistently out of the lineup. Um, I had Lamar out of the lineup a couple times, for COVID and otherwise, so it just was my year. And I, I said to myself, well, I got kind of the pieces, but I know I'm not going to win. And even looking back, I had no chance of winning. So I was like, okay, well, let me just see how many picks I can get out of guys that I don't want to really build around and just do a quick rebuild, like a half a rebuild, just a little break off one. And that worked out well for me so far. Now, that could be the path that Drew's on, and I think he has a pretty clear trajectory. Oh, I forgot he has Derek Carr. What am I talking about? Yeah, he was just on bye. Okay, so it's not even as dire a quarterback as I really thought, but he definitely has a trajectory to still compete. Um, Now you have Michael Thomas out for the year, but honestly, like, you have A.J. Brown, Brandon Cooks has played really well, and Justin Jefferson. I mean, he might be your fourth best receiver at this point, you know, not like... That's really the crippler here. The crippler is, is Derrick Henry. But anyways, I think it's possible. It's possible he could do a half rebuild. It's possible he could try to do a full rebuild. Um, but this is this is the danger of absolutely unloading the cupboard because you look at it and Drew's next pick. Let's see here. I actually want to get it. Let's see. Uh, let's get it exactly. His next pick, I know for a fact, he doesn't have a first or a second until 2024. Is that right? Let's see here. Drew, his his only pick next year in the 22 is fourth and beyond. In 23, he's got a second and then a fifth and beyond. In 24, he's got all of them, and he's got two thirds, but basically emptied out the cupboard. And and that's something I'm always, I'm, you know, always cautious about doing. I always like to have a little because even if it's the picks or busts or you trade them later, it's just more ammo, right? You you don't back yourself into a corner and put all your chips in. Um, and the other thing, this is interesting, is I was thinking about this the other day. I felt like last year I was constantly every week there was a trade. Oh, we're moving this. We're moving this. It seems like no one's moving now. And I think about it and I look. I say, okay, well, we kind of established that like. You know, Matt's going through a little bit of a dry spell right now, but we, we've we acknowledged that him and Nick Young are probably the best two teams. And then we know that Devin and Bob, just by other circumstances, are probably not competing. So you have this huge middle ground of, a, of everybody basically has a chance to either miss the playoffs or make it and make a legitimate championship run. So I think that makes everyone scared. No one wants to move anything. And I think now that there's a trade deadline too, I think that's important. When Drew asked me about his trades for the running backs, I actually told him, I was like, I don't know why you want to move them now. I was like, your division so far hasn't been very strong. You're clearly in second. I didn't really see a path for him to jump Nick Young regardless, um, into the buy. So I was like, I don't know if you want to move them now. You might want to wait a little bit later. And that's, that's how I feel. You know, if you're truly a contender, um, just wait. I don't think that Eckler and Montgomery were going to be that much more expensive if you had waited, you know, until our our, our thing ends, what, uh, I forget what the new season, how many weeks there are, were there 18 weeks? Yeah, so week 16, you know, we're only at week eight, we're we we're, we're halfway through, Um well, we're halfway through the full season. Oh, I'm sorry. It doesn't go till then. It's uh it's the playoffs. Week thirteen. Week thirteen. This is a couple of weeks, so about a month from now. I just don't think those guys would have been more expensive a month from now. But like I don't think Eckler would have been, to be honest, uh, even though he's had good games, and that just kind of shows you, you know, how value changes with with an older running back. And Montgomery with the injury, I don't think he would have been any more expensive either. I think it would have been the same price. And at that point Drew would have looked at it and without Henry might've said, okay, I'm good. Who wants one of my pieces instead? Right. I just, I don't like going all in that early. Um, cause I, I mean, that's my plan. You know, I, 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 I don't know. And that's why I think everybody, I might be giving away a little competitive advantage talking about that here, but I think that's how everyone's feeling. And that's why there's no trades going on. Right. I mean, Dave finally got his quarterback, but he, he probably needs another and he he still hasn't gotten one. Right. Um, I know he came knocking on my door. I know he's come knocking on other people's doors who are, who are high up in the rankings. And they're like, uh, no, I'm kind of like going for it at this point. Right. So big Mexican standoff there, which is why I kind of preach just waiting and feeling it out. But anyways, um, so drew, I think you can turn it around. I'm not, not exactly sure, but you know, the the worst part is just being a fan of that team and then having to face that too. A couple other things happened in the league, some, some weird stuff you know, it's it's immediately come out and (laughs) explains the termination, the fact that he was sent to another organization, Aaron Rodgers. Not only is he not vaccinated, but a little bit of a freak from what I'm hearing, because privately, the Packers say, oh, he's doing everything he's supposed to be doing in terms of distancing, wearing a mask indoors. The only thing he hasn't been doing are like the media appearances. The media can tell who is and who isn't by whether they like wear a mask when they first walk in to give a press conference, like Carson Wentz does. Rogers doesn't do that, which is like you're only supposed to do if you you know you if you you are vaccinated. So it's like, oh, like internally he'll do all the stuff because the rules tell him to, but he just didn't want people to know. He didn't want people to know that he wasn't vaccinated. Like that's kind of the weird. I mean, I get it. Like, you could say, hey, it's private. I didn't feel like getting it, and I don't feel like getting trashed online. Okay, but like, it is, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird that you went through all that trouble to act like you weren't. That's what's weird to me. But this is a great time. Uh, I didn't even think about this when he first made that trade that Dave has Jordan Love. I didn't even think about that. And I can't believe I didn't bring that up as a part of the trade because that's a huge benefit. If Rodgers does end up leaving, he suddenly has two starting quarterbacks. I kind of love that move. Um, so that that I, I think that's that's pretty cool. And we will get to see what Jordan Love does this week. So we'll get to that later. And the last thing, Henry Ruggs, what the fuck? 150 miles an hour? I mean, I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna like uh, you know talk down to anybody like they're some little kid, right, I mean, we all know that was bad, I don't need to, like, come out and make a hard stance of, I don't agree with, you know, rear-ending a woman at 150 miles an hour and having her burned to death inside of her vehicle as she's trapped there, like, obviously that's a very bad thing, but just, like, how fucking stupid can you be, like, we've all sped, we've all probably driven with a couple, too many to drink, but, you don't combine the two, and you don't combine the two going 150. I understand I drive a Honda CRV. He drives a souped-up Corvette. It's not quite the same experience, but really, I mean, like, you have so much money. You have handlers. The NFL has a car service for every single uh, every single athlete, I've, I've learned. They have a car service to pick them up. Triple you know, A will actually pick you up if you're drunk. I don't know if you knew that. You get, like, four of those a year. I mean, it's just to, I don't even think it was about the, I mean, yeah, he was clearly really, really drunk because of the blood alcohol level, but, like, I don't think it's the fact that it's about that. I think he was, like, it was just him being drunk and saying, oh, I want to take this thing and go really fucking fast and just have fun, and just completely destroyed, uh, took away someone's life and then destroyed his own, Um, so that's just terrible, And, and bringing it back to our league, I mean... De- De- Bob's Bob's roster couldn't be any more cursed. You got Gus Edwards, Cam Akers, ETN, all out for the year. Um, you got you got um, Kenyon, or, well, Kenyon Drake. Fucking, you got Odell leaving the team. You got Henry Ruggs going to jail. I mean, this is just not Bob's here. It, it, it's kind of crazy. This has all happened under w- one roster. But... There's a bright spot on Bob's team, which is Michael Carter. And that's the last thing I'll, I'll do before I get to the games, talk about that. Kind of interesting. I went back, so I wanted to hear what did I think when Drew traded for David Montgomery and gave up uh, Michael Carter as part of it. And the interesting thing is I, no- I noticed that I said, oh, yeah, that makes sense because I don't really see Michael Carter as a rebuilding piece or, t- or a team for a contender. It's more He's more of a rebuilding piece. And I said, and also long-term, I don't know. I feel like they'll they'll draft another guy and it'll be a committee, right? And he'll be on passing downs and blah, blah, blah. Well, Those are kind of opposite things, right? I mean, even if the Jets, I know, you know, even the Jets were a tire fire and it's not all Mike White. You know, he's had some, uh, Michael Carter's had some good weeks leading up to this too. It's like, okay, well, if you think they're going to draft someone in the future, isn't actually maybe this year the best year to have him, right? Um, so that didn't really totally make sense on my part. And second of all, yeah, now you look back, you're like, shit, I mean, you lose Henry, if, if you at least have Carter, you have something, and it goes to my, there's a big, big advantage, I think, in the, in the league, and I felt this last year, moving the quarterbacks back and forth with Nate a lot, right, I'd, like, give him a quarterback, and I got a pick back, and then I had to give multiple quarterbacks to get Ryan Tannehill, right, and then i give Ryan Tannehill, and i get a pick back, and you realize, like, if you don't one-for-one one those important positions of, like, hey, man. I'll trade you, um, you know. I'll trade you a Derek Carr, or a Kirk Cousins, or whatever. I always call those guys out. Not really fair, but a Matt Ryan, whatever. And yeah, I want, um, you know, I want my pick or whatever. But how much else do I have to give you to get Jordan Love, right, or someone like that, someone that's not going to start right away um, that you can, you know, get a one for one? So it's like, hey, I'm losing, I'm losing a starting quarterback or running back can i get one back in return that's what bob did there i really like that i think trades can be pretty lopsided you look at it and you say oh that's pretty fair value right i mean yeah that that wide receiver is worth that quarterback or that running back whatever or that many you know that quarterback's worth that many picks whatever but then you think about it you're like but that's less flexibility down the road so maybe always a good idea to make sure you get one position back in return when you're doing those kind of deals anyways longest intro ever cuz so much happened i had to get that all out but Let's get to the, the free agent auction, which this might be the most we've ever had. This is the most we've ever had. The number one player off the board to Bob, Jeremy McNichols, potential starting tight end for the Tennessee Titans, beating out Billy's $20, uh, Nick's $12, and uh, Drew's $0 bid, um, my $0 bid. Uh, I think we've got a couple people down here that don't have any money and are just trying to get whoever they can. Uh, so big money for Jeremy McNichols. I don't know. I've never seen him. I don't know if it's going to work out. Uh, we should probably say that uh, the next, hi- the next, it's not the next highest bid, but let's talk about it anyways. Um, Bill got Adrian Peterson for eighteen dollars, beating out uh, Dave's nine dollar bid, Nick's seven dollar bid, Drew's zero dollar bid, and my zero dollar bid. So I mean, you know, McNichols is younger certainly, but AP's got AP's got you know he's got experience. Maybe he's gonna have the juice. I I don't know. I mean, if I'm if I'm talking, to, you know, can, would you rather have AP for 18 or McNichols for 42? I'd probably take AP, but I I just don't know. Um, okay, next highest player, Mike White. Mike White, the stud, who will we'll, you know we'll talk about a bit. I guess well I guess right now, yeah. You know, Mike White, the the absolute stud. Uh, you know, one of the few quarterbacks to debut with 400 plus yards, more 400 plus yard games this year than Mahomes so far. Nate gets him for $31. Nate, a dark horse to go for um, a quarterback. Oh, and speaking of that, yeah, Bob getting McNichols. Interesting. I wonder if that's future trade bait or he really believes in him you know as, as a potential long-term option if it's just one of those hey he has a bunch of money might as well spend it I don't know but Mike White interesting when I first thought about it but then I look back and I go okay well you look at Nate's roster he's he's riding off of Stafford Jameis is out for the year and Baker's been down right Cam still hasn't had a job gotten a job so I actually think it makes sense. I didn't I didn't think about him, but now it makes perfect sense that he would try to grab someone. Dave, who we've talked about needing a quarterback too for a long time, bids $30. It's just not enough, not enough. I, I, if I'm in Dave's situation, I'm bidding 60. Like, I don't care. I just, I need another starter. Bob bid 22. Uh, Nick Young bid 15. I'm beginning to think Nick Young just has a bunch of budget because he never... Bet's enough. Because um, I feel like every week I'm just saying his name and guys that he missed on. My, my computer cut out, so sorry to interject. I already like went through half of this, and there's so many more. Holy shit. Um, like I said, I think the biggest week we've ever had in terms of total offers. Okay, so Billy got Boston Scott $17. He beat out Nick Nicky's only bid of the week. He bid 15 He beat out um, Dev Oh, my God. I'm all thrown off after that. Dave at 11, uh, Devin at 2, Drew at 0, Matt at 0. Yeah, I mean, looking at Bill for a team whose trajectory has been changing to get two potential starting running backs, you know, for 35 bucks, where I spent 95 on Elijah Mitchell, you know, maybe he has more staying power than these guys, but that's not bad. Nick Young grabs Trevor Simeon for $16. A good move. He's going to start the rest of the year. Nick Young's got to think about a QB3. Tannehill and Brady have worked, but you always got to have a contingency plan. And surprisingly, um, I think I'm the only one that bid on him for $0. So shocking. He could have had that for, well, I guess at least a buck he would have had to spend. Uh, Bob got De- Deontay Foreman for $5. You know, feels like the third banana. I, I feel like that's more of a joke at me because you know I'm a giant Deontay Foreman fan. I was really hoping he would break out in the XFL. Uh, He also grabbed the Saints defense for $4. Devin got Jamal Agnew for free. That's kind of interesting. Matt got Carlos Hyde, who's busted. Okay, let's get into these games. We can get to the big thing I was going to tell you about, but to keep you interested, because I know we're running long, I'm going to save it for last. So let's get to the other games first. I maybe caught a little bit of a break against Nick Young, giving him, handing him, delivering on a velvet pad with crushed rose petals, his first L of the season. It, it, it's an honor to hand it to him personally. Uh, we'll, we'll tally that up. That puts the Cuck division up 10 to six against the bullshit division so far this year. I expect that to continue. Okay. You could say I maybe got a little injured. James Robinson gets hurt. Um, James Robinson gets hurt to start the game. Devonte Adams is out, uh, pro COVID protocol. He's out of the game. Um, you know, so uh, Calvin Ridley surprisingly says, yeah, I'm like, uh, stepping away from football. I'm, I'm done. So, you know, maybe, maybe he was in a bit of a bad spot, had a couple people down, but my, my thing, I mean, I truly, I, I don't bullshit you guys. I literally did not realize I was doing shit around the house. I didn't realize I had the Cardinals defense in. And then the game starts. I'm like, whoa, did Chase Edmonds already go off? I have like 12 points. I, I go, oh shit, no, I have the Cardinals defense. I, I freaked out. I wanted to play the Steelers against the Browns. That was an eight point difference. And this game could have came down to it. I won 119 to 128. Right, but let's let's just remember that you know I, I basically could have smoked this smoked this one right I could have had 136 it was right there for me. Um, but anyways, outside of that, I mean, Aaron Jones did have a nice game, uh, you know, with with uh, with with your pal Devonte Adams out and Tannehill and Brady continuing to do well. Right, I mean, not too much else sparked on uh, on on Nick Young's roster that day. Trying to see if there was any way he could have won this one. Uh, yeah, if he had played Traquan Smith over Marvin Jones and, I don't know, is that enough? And Darnell Mooney over Terry McLaurin, but, you know, I don't know if you're going to do either of those things. Then he would have won, but yeah, that's kind of suspect. And again, I should have just, I should, I, I knew it in my heart. I knew it in my heart. Funny thing is, too, he spent a decent chunk of change to get the Bengals' defense, and I thought, oh, shit. They both tied, the, they tied the Cardinals with a with a nice one-pointer so yeah, anyways, big stinker for the Cardinals on my side, even with Jalen Hurts. I mean, they, they didn't even ask him to do anything, but just Godwin finally showing like, get, An- get Antonio Brown out of there. I'm, I'm so sick of seeing him uh, be a Hall of Fame receiver on another team. I hate it. And it's better for Godwin if he's out. Um, but yeah, and Elijah Mitchell, turns out that pickup, pretty good, pretty good. And hey, this was my bye week. This is my week without Mr. Lamar. So, yeah, I'm very happy with this win. Won't hear me complain. Uh next game, it was a it was the game of the week. It was an important one. Uh Drew versus Nate. I said if Nate wins this, I mean, he's going to be looking pretty in our division. And, you know, it, Drew same, he would keep a foothold, but, you know, he unfortunately fell off. Uh Nate wins 131 to 119. You know, it continues to be Matt Stafford, Melvin Gordon had a big week, Debo. I mean, You know, just think of how cheaply he got Debo off of me. It drives me nuts. And Keenan Allen. And this is even with Jameis Winston getting injured pretty early on and going out of the game. I mean, so a nice win for Nate. On Drew's side of the ball, you know, you had Sam Darnold. He got hurt or benched. I can't even keep up. I don't remember. I've already mentioned Teddy Bridgewater, (laughs) Derrick Henry going out early. But, you know, A.J. Brown stepping up, Brandon Cooks. Austin Eckler, Devonte Booker had a good game. Like, just not, you know, this, there's still pieces here to be proud of. And actually, he could have won this game easy if he had p- played Jimmy G over either Darnold or Bridgewater. Um, I get it. Jimmy G has not looked that good. I don't know what I would have done in that situation. I guess he was the lowest projected of the three. So, yeah, uh, it's a tough one. But and he had a couple. Yeah. But anyways. Uh, Moving on to a a shocker, a shocker. I'm clutching my pearls over here. Devin beat Matt 119 to 76. 76, my God. It was so predictable that Justin Fields would have a good game the second Matt Nagy was out of the stadium. It's like there was a dark, uh, the day Matt Nagy was hired, a dark, mysterious cloud appeared over Soldier Field, and it didn't leave until that day that he had COVID and wasn't able to coach there on Sunday. That, just impressive. DK Metcalf uh, yeah, having a big week with Geno Smith against the awful, awful, awful Jaguars. And and Geno Smith, that connection already paying dividends. Just imagine what will happen when Russ is back. On Matt's side, this is just a – I mean, Josh Allen basically put up all those points in garbage time. I mean, he was cruising to like 13 or 14 to end. That would have been even worse. Uh, I mean, you get – Two points from your defense, your kicker and your head coach combined. The Bengals lose, the Bucks go negative one, and Graham Gano gets five. I mean, three points net minus three. Kyler Murray just had an awful, awful game. Um, David Johnson doing nothing, Kelsey doing nothing, Emmanuel Sanders doing nothing, Mike Williams doing nothing, Nick Chubb can't go against the steel curtain just not not good not good um and it's just an interesting spot to be in because without Josh Allen you know Kyler Murray tweaked that ankle uh we saw how he played last year when the shoulder was hurt and Justin Herbert eh, I I don't maybe that's just that maybe that's just Bill Belichick but uh, a little a little thin on the flexes as Matt has always been is this finally the year it catches up to him? I don't know. I don't know. Some people are talking. People are asking. Uh, Bill and Bob. I, I don't even want to grace this with, with a discussion. Bob, this is a disgrace. You have to set your goddamn lineup. Even you didn't have any way to win, but just put on the facade that you're here every week. You know, just don't be the doormat of the league. Even though Billy put up a very big and respectable, um, he put up a big and respectable score there, winning what one thirty six to 56. I beat him by 80, but 136, that's, that's pretty high for that, for, for this given week, you know, um, you know, so anyways, it was the high score. Actually, it would have been the second highest score if I had played the Steelers defense, but let's just, let's, let's forget that whole fiasco because it didn't matter. Um, and even and this is without Mahomes really coming into his own, but it shows, Hey, the Cordero Patterson pickup was big. Jonathan Taylor, Tyree Kill, Damian Harris, Having good games, right? And he got Damian Harris for very cheap one year, I think. Maybe even late in. The, no, I think he got him late in the draft. And James Conner having a big week, right? Ha- consistently having good weeks, and he lost some points on the board too with uh, with Tyler Boyd. So and Pat Frymouth can't forget Mister Frymouth. But anyways, yeah. So so things are pretty change. Yeah, things are changing rapidly for old Bill there. And we'll, we'll discuss that in a second. As now we get to the scandal of the year. Dave, who I've called out a couple of times for being a little bit of a pretender and getting a lot of wins when he didn't deserve them in thin weeks. And he gets another folks. Dave beat Nikki 132 and to 125.58 by about seven points, seven points. says so we go through and we say, okay, what did, what did Dave do? Right. All right. Michael Pittman, yeah, I don't know. If we redrafted, I think I'd probably take him over Higgins so far. You know, there, he doesn't have a Jamar Chase to fight for uh, fight for looks for. So, yeah, Pittman has definitely been a, been a riser. Um, yeah, just steady, you know, Cooper Cup continuing to ball out. Stephon Diggs, right. A lot of good pieces here. Eagles defense put up 20. Uh, that's a shock. I mean, you know, you knew they'd do good, but they put up 20. He got 25. He got 27 points from uh, his kicker and his in his defense. So, yeah, that's that's a big chunk of what's going on here. And and the, you know maybe that's a little lucky, but hey, if you look on his bench, he had 15 points. Right, he had a bunch of people on by, uh, a bunch of guys that just didn't contribute anything or were hurt or out for the game. But let's look on Nikki's side, because you know Najee's a stud. Chuba Hubbard showed up. Mark Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, you know, looking good. Now, Mo Ali Cox put up a dud. But then you have Evan Ingram in your super flex spot, which is interesting because you got Carson Wentz on your bench. So I had to look into this matter. I had to approach both owners and say, fellas, fellas, what the hell hell happened here? What happened here? And I I did it separately, and I did it deftly. And, you know, I do these things um, with quite care because that's my duty as commissioner, I said, fellas, what the hell happened here, and you know, Nicky's like, well, I don't know, I, I thought, he's like, didn't I have Dak in that slot, he's like, I thought I was playing Dak that week, and then he didn't end up playing, I said, no, you got someone else, you got to have an Ingram, he's like, oh, I don't really know what happened then, and Dave goes, look, I have no idea what's going on, I texted him Sunday morning and asked if he was tanking or something, I was like, hmm, okay, well, that makes sense, and Dave's on a business trip in California. I go, yeah, very very unlikely they would have been able to manufacture something while Dave's gallivanting around in in, uh, in uh, box seats at uh, the Warriors game. I say, well, that's weird. So I dig into the timing and I figure, okay, I think this is what happened. I think he did have Dak in there making a bet that he was going to play, which is always a gamble right? You you have a guy playing Sunday night football you're not sure about. I don't know. In those cases, I just say, I'm going to take a guaranteed points uh, and put in Wentz, even if Wentz has been playing bad. But then it gets announced, oh, he's not going to play. So Nicky looks and says, who who else can I put in? He's not going to play. All he had left was Evan Ingram on Monday night. See, that's a situation I don't want to be in. But look, I made my mistakes. I just made I just forgot to play the Steelers defense. That could have lost me a game. Um and and Dave will say, "Hey, no skin on my back. I had the second highest score in the league that week." But I'll remind him, if I had played the Steelers defense, not that I keep thinking about it, I'd be the second highest score, he'd be the third. And actually, if Nikki had played Carson Wentz, he'd be the th- he'd be the second. I'd be the third and and Dave would be the fourth. You know, most most teams put up 130 regularly. It's not something to pat their backs on, right? You know, Good, good teams do, but regardless, Nicky fucked up crucially. This was a crucial mistake. A crucial mistake can't leave points on the board. I don't think there was anything nefarious about it, uh, but you know, it was something I had to investigate because that's my job. But it was a crucial, crucial mistake, and it had it had big effects on the standings. Let's get into those standings as we round out today's today's uh, episode. In first place still despite being handed his first loss by yours truly, the 7-1, and Case Keenum Nation, Nick Young, 100% chance of the playoffs, and he's got the first most points in the league. But only by two and a half over a guy who could have played the Steelers defense, not that I care, and, and rocketed up ahead of him. And that's, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not in, <laughs> got ahead of myself. In second, the leader of the Cuck division, is now Nate Higgins. Nate's in the bye week. Bye-bye, Matt. Bye-bye, you fucking bitch. Nate's in the driver's seat, 6-2. and two. Now, you can say he has the 7th most points scored in the league, but he's 6-2. and two. They've upped his playoff percentage chance to 95, which, for the fourth week in a row, when I said it was too low, it's finally in an appropriate spot. That's all I'll say. In third place is yours truly, second most points scored in the league. Could have had the first. But, uh, you know, uh, if you're doing the math, but not that it matters. Um, I'm in second overall, 5-3, 99% chance of the playoffs. Very nice. In uh, third overall, or sorry, fourth. Oh, my God, I'm I'm really screwing this up. In fourth overall is Dave. Uh, Dave, the fraud pretender with the eighth most points score in the league. You know, getting a little help from Nikki there. Not that I think there was anything, any collusion happening, but, you know, had to investigate. In 5th place, Matt, uh, oh, and Dave has a 90% shot at the playoffs. In 5th place is Matt at 4-4. Four and four. He's got an 82% chance of playoffs. Third most points scored in the league still, even after putting up that stinker, which definitely helped even the playing field for uh, Nick and myself. And your final playoff spot for the first time this year, or maybe since week one, is Billy Erskine, 3-5. and five. He has the fourth most points scored in the league, only 8 more, than Drew, that's what's separating. Actually, this is sick, because in seventh place is Drew. He's got the fifth most points scored in the league. At in eighth place is Nikki. He's got this. The um, what did I just say? Four, five, six. Yeah, Billy's got four. Drew has five. Nikki's got the sixth most points scored in the league. Guess what? Billy's at ten sixty-seven. Drew's at ten fifty-nine. Nikki is at 1050, within 17 points of each other, all in the same division, all with three wins. Billy's got a 59% chance. Drew, they give him a 31 now. Nikki's got a 42. Now, now that's that's sick how close that is. And I will mind you, you know, taking uh, the points with Carson Wentz would have put young Nikki well ahead of not well ahead, but ahead of Bill in points. And so, and we don't need to get into this, but our last two place teams are Devin and Bob, no surprise. But you might be wondering, with that catastrophic error, how would things have looked differently? Well, at the top, you know, it doesn't really affect people like me. You know, people that are with good teams that are at the top. Nick Young, me, Nate, we're all in the same spot. Now, Nate and I would have an extra, I'd have an extra game on Dave he would have an extra two games, which would be very nice. That would give us some distance. We would appreciate that, but that's not that's not what happened. Uh, Matt would actually be in fourth place because he'd have the same amounts of wins as Dave, but more points. So he got pushed down a spot because of this. Nikki would have been in fifth place. He would have jumped three slots, three slots ahead of Dave even. Just so we're clear, the bullshit division this entire year has only held the first and the last playoff spot. That's it. This is the highest that any of them would have ever climbed. But it would have put him ahead of Dave, not ahead of Max. He wouldn't have had him on points, but he would have had Dave on points. So if anyone should be kicking themselves, it's this guy. It's this guy. I mean, you have to. That's tough. Um, so, that, And that's, that's too where, and I can give him shit for it, but at the end of the day, the biggest person he hurt was himself. That's it. That's it. He's got a good team from week to week. I mean, he's you know, he's, he's scoring about as much as any playoff team when Dak's playing and, and that offense is going. So, you know, you can only kick yourself. But regardless, and it's not like he needs to tank because he has Devin's pick, and we know Devin's not going anywhere. Speaking of, oh, let me just finish this first. Dave would be in sixth place. He would have dropped two spots, which, yeah, so he, he was very much benefited by by this error. And then Billy would have been in seventh place. Drew would have been in eighth place. They're both a spot ahead, right? Which again, hurts Nick, (laughs) hurts Nicky, hurts himself the most. They are both each a spot ahead thanks to that blunder. And nothing changed with Devin and Bob. So just kind of interesting how things played out, how different things would have been. Um, And now I kind of hinted at it a couple times. Let's talk about our match of the week. We have some really, really good ones. Um, you know, it would be great if Bob could somehow beat Matt, if he could just continue his King killing ability, that would be great. I mean, if we're being serious, the best match probably is Nate versus Devin or sorry, Nate versus Dave, you know, this is Nate's got a game on him, but this is, this is, you know, two juggernauts in the, in the Cuck division, which is the better division going head to head. So I love that game, but I gotta give it to Drew versus Bob. Bill, I just do because there's a lot of intrigue in this game. Number one, now neither of them would be in the playoffs if it weren't for uh, the Carson Wentz fiasco that we talked about. But as of this time, one is and tied with wins. It comes down to points, it comes down to eight measly points. So whoever wins this. The only situation the only situation where the winner of this is not in the playoffs is if Nick wins and outscores the winner by, you know, 17 more than Bill, 10 more than Bob than Drew. Sorry. Totally possible. So even the winner of this isn't guaranteed to be in the playoffs, but a w- way better chance. And I'll say the loser, you know, the loser is really, really risking it. With three wins three and six to get in the playoffs will be very hard, very hard to do Um, because if Nikki wins, he jumps you immediately. Now you're in uh, eighth place. We know you're not going to get down to ninth or 10th with Bob and Devin down there. So, you know, eighth is pretty much death. Um, I mean, and if Nicky doesn't win, but he outscores you by, you know, like I said, 10 for drew uh, 17 for bill uh, you're in eighth, you're in eighth, you know, three and six with the least points scored. So, this is a huge game. It's not just huge for those guys. It is also huge for a couple other gents uh, might be having their eyes on this game. Because in case you weren't aware, Devin is the sole owner of Drew's first-round pick, and in 2022. And I am the sole owner of Bills. So, how would I like to see this game go? I mean, personally, I would. Uh, I would like to see. <laughs> I would like to see Drew win. <laughs> and I think. Um, I think our friend uh, Devin would like to see the opposite. I think he would like I think he would like Bill to win. So it's very interesting. We've got a very uh, Cold War-type situation where, you know, Devin and I, we don't have any players in this matchup. We don't have any troops on the ground. But, you know, I might be the United States of America. He might be... Um, I don't even know what the USSR stands for, so I won't even try. But he might be Russia. And, um, yeah, we, we might be funding both sides, or at least have strong rooting interests in this little conflict that's going on in some Central American or Middle Eastern country, as we hope either capitalism or communism will continue to spread in our favor. So that's the match of the week. It'll be very intriguing to see. I hope you all enjoy it. I will. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.